Okay, hello everybody. Wait, I don't need this anymore. Uh, hello everybody. You're gonna have to forgive me for my voice. It seems to have abandoned me. So here we are. I have been liberated from being imprisoned, apparently. Uh, don't know how that happened on the uh, World Anvil stream, but anyway. So it's me. We're reviewing your entries that came through, and we had a ton of them, I think. Uh, all said and told, there must have been over, I think there were over 60, somewhere around there. That was up to the cutoff point that we had, which was uh, a little after 3 p.m. GMT, I believe. So um, I will be reviewing those, going through those and looking at it. Unlike the other streams, uh, there's not a huge amount that I'm going to be teaching you today. It's really just going to be going through those and having a look and deciding on, on how we can develop stuff. And we're going to use a methodology, a process to get there uh, in order to, to make sure that it kind of makes sense. Now, I've just got to rearrange my screens quickly so I can still see your questions because I will be answering your questions as you ask them. I've got the ability to do that. I'm running the whole stream behind the scenes. I've been doing that the whole evening. So if you have a question, throw it in and... Uh, I'll be able to answer it. If I don't see it, ask it again. It happens. Okay, so we'll go for as long as my voice lasts, or for two hours, either way. And there we go. Um, Thanos103 says, Do we have after-party stuff today? Yes, there is a party in my bed, and that will involve me, some pillows, and um, no, that's about it. So uh, if you didn't get the invite to that, I'm afraid uh, you have to make your own plans. All right, so there we are. Um, no after-party stuff today. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, I'm not going to talk about what we were thinking about when we were doing this whole masterclass thing. But um, we were wondering how do you how do you finish something off like this? We're like, well, we've been going for six hours. Everyone's just want to go home and shoot themselves. Anyway, um, so yes, we will we will be uh, we will be going through this kind of stuff. Um, Dark Craftsman asked the question, which I've seen being asked quite a few times: how many <clears throat> how many sessions does the five step method take? And it's a very good uh, question. And the answer to that is there is no specific time frame. However, if you are running a longer session, so let's say you're running a four-hour session, you might very well find that they can get through two steps or possibly three, but it should only be two of the five steps in a four-hour block. Maybe, maybe three steps. If they're going through that faster, then what it means is, is that you're not working with your player group in terms of understanding their pacing. Either your situations are too simple, in which case they're solving them too quickly, or if after eight sessions you're still only on block one, it means that you're also going too slowly. If you're running out of content, you're obviously going to run the risk that you end up without anything to give your players and you're going on the fly, which kind of defeats the object of having the five steps in the first place. So you want to make sure that your pacing is working out right. On the other hand, if you're taking many, many, many sessions to get through one of those blocks of five, your pacing might be too slow. And the players might be going, oh my God, can we just get on with this? Please, 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 please. So that is something to, to bear in mind. Okay, so I've got a present.
Yes, it did. Of course it did. Okay, I've got the presentation. Did you see, by the way, that was the chat. Then you just see how quickly it's flying up and just going past. So, all right, I've got this presentation. It's the Adventure Workshop. This is very, very simple. This is what we are going to be looking at. So when I'm talking about the five-step method, if you weren't here for last, I was going to say last week, it feels like last week, if you weren't here yesterday, this is the template that I'm talking about the adventure template. Now you can find you can find this on the website. Let me put that into chat quickly. You can find this uh, on the website under the great library um, library. How the hell do you spell library? And then the cow. You'll see it's a folder in there. You can find that, and you can download it. It's an editable editable PDF. Use it if you so choose. There are a whole bunch of other PDFs in Adventures and Campaigns, but that's not what we're talking about today. So we are specifically talking about the five steps of arrive at plot, journey to plot, discover not plot, journey to new plot, kill plot, and win. Uh, it's as simple as that. And then possibly some rewards. There's this right spelling for library. Someone knows how to spell. Um, this is not 101 English. I see uh, someone has actually put... Wow, someone's actually put the link into chat. That was Thanos103. Thank you for that. I will share that in chat. So this is the template. We're going to be looking at this template. What specifically are we going to be looking at? Well, there's the C and the S. The S stands for social... Um, and a social encounter. So it's NPCs. It's map discovering a map, reading a book, something along those lines. And the C stands for combat. And it doesn't mean that it has to be physical combat. It could be mental combat. So it could also be a puzzle. It could be a trap. could be a, a, a battle with a monster. It could also be a social combat where the players have to prove something to someone, which requires persuasion and deception and all those kinds of wonderful things. Right. So there we go. Now... <clears throat> Um, is this the equivalent to a one-to-one or a one-to-two adventure, says Mr. Zay. So the way this template fits, if a lot of you have been, have been watching um, my channel for a long time, there are many ways to build a story. And the one-to-one and the one-to-two method is the way in which traditionally a scriptwriter would write a movie breaking it into three acts and then into a one-two-one or a one-two-two structure. This is almost that, but I've taken away all of the theatrical terminology and just boiled it down to this. So this is a traditional one-two-one plot base, for those of you that are following along, between the one-two-two and the one-two-one. Daniel Thorpe says, why is there no E for exploration? That is part of social. So social... Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you know what I sounded like at puberty. Social is everything that the players are going to be talking their way through. So if they're going on a, if they're exploring um, a jungle, whilst they are talking about exploring the jungle, whilst they are following the trail through the jungle, they are exploring, they are doing the social part. When they then get to that river that winds through the jungle and they have to swing across it, now suddenly it's become a combat. It's become a set piece that they have to overcome. So bear that in mind. All right. Um, let's see. AK Writer says, um, is there any way how we can help you to make it through the rest of the stream better? 
play Deputy Web Goblin or whatever. That's very kind of you. Thank you, everybody. I actually don't feel ill. I'm, I have no symptoms whatsoever. That doesn't stop me from eating ice cream. But I don't feel... It's just the voice. It's really just the, 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 the voice that's gone mad. And I think it's, it has been just all the factors building up to this weekend because we were we were quite hoping to make it a success which i can i'm very happy to say it has been um sorry i'm just being pinged here let me just double check what's going on um are these questions for me let me check that time from yes they are okay so that's brilliant um thank you world anvil's putting the questions for me into discord so i can just see them quickly there uh, is there a way to discourage my players from metagaming how to solve a puzzle traverse a natural disaster during a game session all right that's a very complicated question there's metagaming that's bad and there's metagaming that's good. I've done a whole bunch of videos on them. You can find them on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash how to be a great game master. One long, mega long sentence. Okay. So, and it is literally why is metagaming bad and then why is metagaming good? So it's it's a complex question in terms of we want some metagaming and we don't want others because when you're problem solving, when you're trying to overcome that that um, chasm or that trap or that puzzle. If you were to go rules as written, your characters would have to make an intelligence check and a wisdom check and maybe, depending on what system you're using, a survival check or a nature check, I don't know, whatever it is. And that's how they would overcome crossing the river. But we don't do that as humans, generally speaking. We role-play the solution. The players have to describe how they would overcome the trap. So effectively, we're automatically making it meta anyway by removing dice rolls. The way to think about it is that with combat, we use dice rolls, generally speaking, to determine whether we hit someone or not. So why is it when we're solving riddles or having social encounters with others, we then suddenly forget the dice and now it's about talking your way through a situation. Oh, and then you roll the dice to see if it works. So like I said, it's a very complicated uh, space. All right. Some of the other streamers have mentioned doing more individual streams. Would you be doing the same or will you be doing the same? The answer is very, very simple. Yes. Um, in terms of I do a stream every Saturday. Uh, as a matter of fact, occasionally World Anvil and Kaora feature on that stream, which is always a blast. Otherwise, it's it's me and you building a world. And yes, we can talk more about this kind of stuff. And then on Sundays, I do a live stream as well called Live Sessions with a GM. And that's on my other YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash great GM live. So we can certainly we can certainly do that. But with 68 submissions, I mean, you're going to see how I go through these tonight. And then maybe you're going to go, whoa, we don't want none of that. Thank you very much. Um, okay, uh, there's some other questions that have come in. If you are doing a plot twist, won't it become predictable? Um... I think Till's gone to bed or he's sleeping, probably. It's probably safe to say. I mean, it's there's not that many much. There's not many people listening. So I explained this five-step method to Till from Dungeon Fog. And at the end of it, he's like, well, you've taken the magic away. So I said, well, I haven't taken anything away. It's what I've been doing since the beginning of time. And it was quite funny because we were playing a game after I told him. And suddenly he went, this is where the twist is happening. And I went, well, yes, you're aware this is where the twist is happening. Well done. He's like, I wasn't. I didn't realize that it was coming. I, I, we were just in the adventure, and then suddenly it happened. Now I know the method, so now that I know it's there. 
if you watch a film, films are broken up into segments of 10 minutes, most of them anyway. Um, nowadays, it's extended a little bit depending on the size of the franchise. But a traditional Netflix movie is broken up into 10 minute categories. So once you know the magic, once you know the, the, the formula, if you like, it does become possible to see the twist coming. But when you know the twist is coming, it makes the twist all the more enjoyable when you don't necessarily anticipate what that twist is. And that's really where the art of storytelling lies, is that we're working with this formula, we're working with these structures, and it's how we make the structure our own by giving it twists and things that people don't anticipate. Um, and I was looking at some of the submissions this afternoon where that was, I would say, probably the most apparent um, lack in terms of the submissions was when we got to the plot twist, the twist wasn't suitably different enough. It was, it was just more of the same on a bigger scale. So it's about really looking at those twists. And it's, there are some things that we can do to look at that. All right. Lots of questions, which is brilliant. I could keep talking forever. He lied. Um, so I'm going to be drinking a whole bunch of stuff throughout tonight's stream. Do not judge me. I need dairy. I know you shouldn't be drinking dairy with a sore throat. Well, there we go. All right. So let's move on. So this is the, for this is the form that we are looking at. That did not go to the next question. All right. So what should we be looking at? So obviously we're looking at the five steps. Have they been filled in? There's the 10 pacing moments. Um, they should all be different. This is the trick. If it's the same, the same, the same, the same, the same, and by all different, I don't mean the 10, I mean the five. So the five should be different locations. They should be different individuals, different spaces, different things, um, all of that kind of stuff. That's what we should be looking for, for a truly dynamic kind of space, right? And you can have more than just five as well. That's the other important thing. So I think a lot of people go, oh, it's five steps. So throne room this room that room done room right no 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 step one which is the introduction to the plot you could have 20 different rooms you can have 20 different locations to dozens of npcs it's just that the information that the players get is step one's information and that's that's another thing to bear in mind okay each step should logically flow from one to the next so in other words when you're filling in that form if you go step one the players are in the castle step two the players are now in a city a thousand miles away how did they get there and that was something else that i noticed was that people sort of went okay i need to get from step three to step four but I want them to do a whole bunch of stuff in between. So step three is going to be a 20-page paragraph of 20 different things that they're doing whilst en route. That is okay. And later on, I will countermand what I'm saying now. But generally speaking, when you're doing that, what's happening is you are bloating your adventure. You are detracting from the actual adventure itself. And you're not focusing on the important things. If you are, if you are running the adventure... And you find that your players are having a lot of fun. You can then pad it. You can add stuff to it. And I've got a video coming out in the next couple of weeks. Thank goodness I recorded them last week in anticipation of, of next week being chaotic. But 
Uh, I've got a video coming out next week or the week after, I think, where I talk about how to pad an adventure. So we would take this basic structure and we would pad it if our players are enjoying it, right? We need to see triggers. We need to think, we need to see things that could be triggered that will bring our party back on track when they wander off. And now I put the word if there, but the answer will be when they wander off. All right. Um, and then what's cool and what's flat. So, so oftentimes it is so easy for someone to come in and say, well, that's boring. No, oh, that's boring. No, oh, that's boring. But what makes it cool? So I have a rule. If I say this is not as exciting as it could be, there must be a suggestion. Well, firstly, there has to be a reason why it's not exciting. Then there must be a suggestion for what could make it exciting. And then you take it and you make it your own by listening to what I've said and then going, okay, cool, let's use the methodology to make it better. So that's something to very much, very much uh, bear in mind. Um, okay, so there was a comment about uh, you wish uh, what someone said they wanted to have an audio book by me. I do a podcast. It's part of my Patreons uh, every week, except for next week. Surprise, spoiler, don't tell anyone. Um, I do a podcast every week where either I'm reading books or I'm interviewing exciting and interesting people or we're just doing cool stuff. Um, okay. Okay, AK writer, I will get there. Yes, feedback on submissions. I said I was going to take long. All right, so this is what I'm looking for in those submissions. I'm looking to make sure there's logic. I'm looking to make sure there's something cool. I'm looking for triggers. Um, and I would like to see a theme if possible. Theme is incredibly difficult. And it is one of those things that's like, oh, what's the theme? And you're like, oh, the theme is a romantic love comedy tragedy drama with elements of horror. And you go, what? And you go, well, that's Romeo and Juliet. Huh? Uh, so theme is difficult, but sometimes it leaps out at you and sometimes it doesn't. All right. Okay. Now, um, so our pivotal questions, who, what, where, when, why, and of course, how? We need to be able to answer these questions. So at no point should we look up from the submission and go, wait, who's doing this? Why? What? <clears throat> Why are they doing this? We need to answer those kinds of questions. So that's also going to be part of the review process. Then, <clears throat> are we inspired, are we bored, or are we confused? Bearing in mind, your players are always in the dark, okay? They do not know what you planned. They did not know what your genius is. They will only see it if you show it to them. So, is the plot clear? Are we sitting there going, wait, how on earth are they supposed to link that to that? Where's the evidence? Where's the proof? Okay. Are there triggers? So, when the players are in a lull, when they don't know where to go, is there a trigger? And I looked at one adventure this afternoon where it said the players' characters either get arrested or they don't get arrested. And if they get arrested, then they then nothing happens if they don't get arrested then this happens or something along those lines i forget completely so there, there's we got to look at those triggers and say okay they get arrested well what if they fight back and kill everybody that's going to trigger a whole bunch of other things which are going to derail your own plot so you got to think carefully about these kinds of things are the stakes high enough is there risk is there something that the npcs are fighting for are they going to actually fight to the death? Are they going to give up? Because if the description is they fight to the death, why? Why would they fight to the death? Are there diverse locations? 
Are there diverse NPCs? Is there a balance between combat skills and social auras? Every single C, every single combat, just fight, kill, fight, kill, fight, kill, fight, kill, fight, kill, fight, kill. So we're looking at that. And then finally, there's the template again, because I felt that you needed it. And your questions now, that's a lie. All right, so that's it. That's what we're looking for. So let's get going in terms of reviewing what it is that it is that did happen. Now, unlike my other wonderful, wonderful fellow uh, members of the Circle of World Building, I did not choose five and then make notes based upon that. Um, I had, there were too many to choose from, so I couldn't give them justice to read them all. So what I have done... <clears throat> What I have done, and for the... Oh, there we go. If I pitch my voice down, it kind of works. What I have done is that I have selected all of them, and as you can hopefully see behind me, all of them are now listed, and for the sake of anonymity, I have renamed them into CowGM subs, 1 through 65, because there's a doubling up of the PDF here and the Word document there. I did not discredit the fact that if a Word document was submitted instead of a PDF, I would not look at it. I would look at everything. Okay, now, before I get to any more of your questions, I see that there is um, some some very good questions coming. James CVK says, uh, is it necessary to do the social and combat encounters in that order? No, it is not. Um, I know that wasn't clear, so it is not. It could be switched around, but it can't ever be fused or muddled. Social can devolve into combat. Combat very, sel very seldom will devolve into social unless it's surrender. And then you've got to plan for that and you've got to make it me You have to make it make sense. So that is where we need to do that. All right. Um, so there they are, 1 through 65. I'm going to go over to Discord and in my Discord channel so that we can keep everything legal. Um, I'm sure someone will be floating around. Um, I am going to use the die roller in here, and I'm simply going to say, what is it? Forward slash roll 1D65. Uh, so the first one we're looking at, of course that didn't work. You've got to type in roll, I think, 1D65. Yeah, there we go. Oh no, it just took a little bit of while to process. So the first one we're looking at is number 41. That is this one here. And it opened up in the wrong window because that's what it decided to do. Right, so here we are. I think that's big enough for everybody to read. Um, Titanus Free the Titan. Okay. Now, if I do open up one of these and it is filled with um, all sorts of horrid and specifically stream-breaking stuff... I will be particularly unhappy. Okay, so it looks like we've got a lot filled in. Random PC names is a little bit thin. That's my first opinion. Okay, so I don't know who wrote this. I, I really don't know who wrote this. Something that's very important to bear in mind. Okay, firstly, like I said, I will always tell you if I think something is wrong, why I think it's wrong, how you could fix it, and then how I would fix it. All right? So there we go. Um, right, so... Random NPC names. You are going to need many, many more than the ones that are listed here. I would generally suggest that you list at least, say, five per block. That's why I put them into those blocks. Random stuff, folks. And if you don't know how to make random names, there were some random name generators that were shared earlier on in the stream. Or just take regular names. Take the names of your friends and swap out the vowels. 
So John becomes Jen or Jun or Jin, doesn't matter. James becomes Jimos or Jamas. I mean, it doesn't matter. Just just put in a whole bunch of names. So cult leader is fine. You know, cult leader Ash Taroth is great. But then give me five cult fanatics. Brian, Bob, all that kind of stuff is going to hurt you. I see GM Brightside has uh, dropped it into chat. So thank you for that. I'm sharing now, hopefully. Um, all right. So you want to fill this up. Do the legwork. Drop it in there because then when you're running your adventure, you have this sheet with you, whether it's digital or printed out, and just throw it in. Not putting in names is not going to break the bank either. I mean, you're not going to fall over. And I certainly don't fill this in as often as I should, right? But putting in more here is going to help you later on. When we look at the rewards, Elfen Lord's prized faintly glowing starlight vial. Okay, that's cool. Silvery sparkling peel and twig woven crown. Okay, great. Finely gilded dragon-shaped druidic staff. Prophecy whispering yellow sapphire puzzle box. And blue sparkling engraved moral compass. That is a lot of really cool stuff. Before we even get to looking at the adventure, what does this treasure inspire in us? This is definitely, definitely, definitely something that has to do with, with the wilds, with the fae, with travel, with journey, with nature. I mean, that's, that's in theory what I'm reading from that collection of stuff. It could be completely wrong. And I'm specifically doing it this way because expectation is super powerful. So if these things don't then align. It's like, well, why is it these things that seem to be there? Anyway, let's see. So let's jump right into it. Okay, it's called Free the Titan, which is fantastic. Arrive in the Crimson Crown Inn, where the locals are making commotion about the dying forest and a cult, and the cult, I don't care about spelling, and the cult region is the cause. Okay, right, so, they arrive, the Crimson Crown Inn. This is not necessarily important at, for this plan. Okay, it's great to have it in there. Right, they arrive at the Crimson Crown Inn. The locals are making commotion about the dying forest. This is a social encounter. So how is this going to run? You walk into town. There's a large forest that surrounds the town, and the forest is dying. There is a group of locals sitting in the tavern going, Well, I don't know about this. My forest is dying, and I'm a forester, and I can't do nothing about it. You know what? I think it's that crazy cult. Guess what? You can't do accents when you can't control your voice. So um, it's going to be dialogue. It's going to be exposition. Could it be then that one of them turns to the players and says, well, you lot look like foresters. Well, your knowledge on tree death could be something along those lines. I'm not sure we're looking for a trigger. Okay, we're looking for a trigger. Just saying that there is a cult that's the cause in the region. The players are not necessarily going to want to investigate. They're going to go, oh, good luck to you. We're looking for treasure, mate. Uh, not dead trees and cults causing dead trees. All right. So, looking for a trigger. The players are attacked by an Umbra Mortis, the undead shadow, the stealer of souls. Why? Why? Why is this Umbra Mortis, the undead shadow, the stealer of souls, attacking them? How are they going to know his name? All right, so whoever wrote this 
do not feel bad, okay? This is a wonderful learning experience for all of us. And everybody who submitted, firstly, a huge thank you for submitting. It does give us the ability to look at this and learn from it. So 10,000 points to whomever wrote this because we're looking at it and we are learning. So you're helping, I don't know what the current count is, you're helping 501 other people plus the thousands of other people who are going to watch the stream later on. You are helping us to learn by making these kinds of mistakes, which is actually brilliant because if you gave me 68 perfect adventures, I'd be like, right, what's up? Here's the stream. I've got sweet bugger all to tell you. Let's go home. We don't need these channels anymore, right? So, so great. All right. So Umbra Mortis, The Undead, Shadow of the Steel of Souls. That's a great title, but I need to know more and the players need to know this. How are they going to know this? So what's important... What's important? I see someone, Laura, Bo Laura Bones, dear old Laura Bones, is busy saying, who else is cracking up a teenage sounding guy? I am. Let me tell you. Um, anyway, so so what's important in this document? Remember, remember, we were talking about logic. It's for you. The players. <laughs> oh, my God, it's getting worse. The players don't know that. Umbra Mortis is the undead shadow, the stealer of souls. They don't know that. Unless he arrives and says, I, Umbra Mortis, the undead shadow, the stealer of souls shall now attack. We really don't want that. So we need to put that reason in. And it's important for us as game masters to put into our notes the details that we must tell them, because otherwise what's going to happen? You're in the zone. You're running the game. They're in the tavern. You've got your NPCs going. You've got all your names going. It's just wonderful. You trigger the attack. The attack happens. The players kill Umbra Mortis, the undead shadow, the stealer of souls. They search him. They find, assumedly, something that's going to lead them to wherever it is they're going to go next. See an expectation there. He's dead. And they go, well, who the hell was that? And why did he attack us? Oops. You see, so by putting in there saying, okay, they're attacked by Umbra Mortis, the undead shadow, blah, 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 blah. They're attacked by Umbra. He is covered in the cult tattoo. He has the cult tattoo on him. Okay. There's a note in his pocket that says, kill the newcomers. They are a threat. That's still very weak. Kill the newcomers. They're a threat. So what we're doing is, remember, it's arriving at the plot. So this is the plot. <laughs> kill. Uh, kill. This is the plot. Kill the PCs. We're making it personal, so it's good that they're attacking the PCs. That is brilliant, right? So it is definitely, definitely good at that. Now, um, if the note said, kill so-and-so choose a pc choose just their name and say that in the note well that player is going to go what why are they trying to kill me they're now even more invested than they would have been under, under normal circumstances all right so let's see let's see what's going on all right so let's see where we're we going to go from here what's the next logical steps so they get attacked by umbra if we added in that line there's a note saying kill specific a specific character, specific player. It makes it personal. It makes them have an investment. Alternatively, the owner of the tavern says, I will pay you a thousand gold crowns to go and kill this cult because we think they're destroying our trees. Okay? Brilliant. Right. So off they go. 
Players discover the cult of the Limitless Order controls dark magic and undead and have been seen controlling these shadows to capture slaves. All right. We don't have a location for this. So when you are then running the game, you're going to have to say, okay, how do we get from Umbra to the cult? Well, the NPCs say, well, there's the cult. We know they're holed up in the forest or they're holed up in the tower. They're holed up. And okay. But again, this is about helping yourself out when you're actually running the game. So you want to try and include that kind of information. Oh, God. All right. So here's a poll, everybody. I see a lot of chat going on uh, about my voice. If it is too irritating for you, let me know now, because there's no point in irritating you folk. Um, I really don't want to do that. I, it's frustrating for me because I, I, I personally take quite quite a lot of pride on being able to control my voice. Um so as long as you're not too put off by it. No, it's fine. All right, keep going. Okay, good, 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 good. Right. Dab on the haters. There we go. All right, <laughs> let's keep going. All right, so by adding in a location, it will just help remind you of saying, okay, cool, right, let's, we've got to get them to the, we've got to get them to the quarry or we've got to get them to wherever. So that was why part of the, 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 the task for yesterday was thinking of five different locations. So we've got the Crimson Crow in. That's location number one. Maybe we might, you know, have the tavern. We might have, uh, 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 I don't know, something that the, accommodation on the second floor, something along those lines, right? But we need to know where this place is happening. All right, point made. So, they discover the cult of the Limitless One, or the Limitless Order Control Dark Magic. This means that they are seeing the Limitless Order using dark magic to make undead, right? Assumedly. Aha, I see. Okay, so in the order it's written, I should also remember to read both chapters before moving forward. Please someone remind me of that. Um, an awakened tree mistakes the players and begins to attack. However, shows them the route forward out of the Runa Mines. Okay, Runa Mines is lovely because it automatically conjures up the idea of ruined mines. Okay. So, assumedly, they go through then this forest where this awakened tree attacks the players, mistakes them for cultists, I'm reading between the lines, and then says, I will show you to the mines where those foul beasts lurk. If that runs first, and then we get to the players discovering the cultists, I take back everything that I have said before. This now makes more sense. It would still be nice to 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 um, drop in the Runa Mines giant auditorium, right? Because if you're going to be using Dungeon Fog, and I think we can all agree that Dungeon Fog looked so beautiful today. I mean, it really looked beautiful. If you're going to be using Dungeon Fog to make your maps, it's good to have it almost like a shorthand. I need to have this map. I need to have that map. Okay, all right. 
if you're going to be using World Anvil, well, now, I mean, look at all of the seeding that's been done here. The Runa Mines, who dug them? What were they dug for? What were they digging for? Did they dig too deep? All those kinds of things. The Limitless Order, where did they come from? Who started them? I mean, we're not going to get into that. Right. So, I love, I absolutely love the idea that it's an awakened tree and it mistakes the players. What a brilliant maneuver. You start this combat, this terrific tree attacks and starts waylaying into the PCs. I would even have this awakened tree, whatever system you're using, have it 20 magnitudes of power more powerful than the PCs. So they are absolutely terrified of what is going on. And are going, we, c <clears throat> we can't defeat this thing. It's absolutely impossible. And as it's about to destroy that pesky paladin or one of the players who upset you a week ago, it stops and says, you are not cultists. You do not bear the mark. Oh, sorry. And then it helps them up, right? I think that's going to be an absolutely brilliant scene. I absolutely love that. So then they get to the... Um, uh, to to witnessing this this limitless order taking control of the magic. All right, fine. From help of the awakened tree, the players head to Jadu Temple to find to encounter the cult of the limitless order. But we've already done that. Unless this paragraph here is not as 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 brilliant as I was hoping it to be. Um, if this is just exposition from the inns folk saying, well, no, you, you know, the limitless order, they're all about dark magic and undead. That is not a social moment. We need it to be then developed further. Um, the townsfolk don't want to say something, but we haven't got that in here. It, it, it can't, because if it's just an info dump, that's all that is literally going to happen. It's just an info dump. And the player's going to be going, yeah, 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 cult undead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are they? Well, let's just get to the gold, right? We need to make it more personal. So if we'd worked in the player character's name on the list that Umbra was hunting, now this social encounter is, well, why you? What is your link? Where where does that come from, right? So anyway, all right, so... um. From the Awakened Tree, they head to the Jadu Temple. Okay, great. So this is our third location. To encounter the cult who are... No oh. Yes, we know this information already. Uh, and use slaves to draw on deeper worlds of magic. All right, so now this is the new piece of information. Uh, they use the slaves to draw on deeper wells of magic. But that's about it. Okay. Interrupt the culture and the ritual of... Blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh... The cult leader is actually being mind-controlled by beholders who are controlling the ancient sun Parisian. 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 I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, okay, so there's our twist. The cult is actually being controlled by beholders. We still don't know why, um, but we now at least have a twist. And it's not a bad twist. It's not mind-blowingly... Uh, out of the ballpark it's functionally perfect it is quite literally haha you thought you got to the end you actually didn't here's the twist and off you go somewhere else so technically this is absolutely wonderful i think it's absolutely absolutely great um it works really really well so it's just a shaky start so far that we're looking at okay 
So now they know where the beholders are. Um, the beholders are somewhere else, okay? So then they have to go on a journey to find these beholders, assumedly. Again, I think that the 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 the, the strong thing here is if we linked in the player beforehand as to why they were hunting the player, the beholders could have something to do with it. The player could now go, oh my god, in my backstory I wrote that I once stabbed a beholder in the eye and 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 I liked it. I don't know. I mean, you know, now you could tie it back in again. So this is an example of how to tie in character backstory, by the way. All right, so then they journeyed something just oh okay right sorry I, i've just seen that zoom's terminated the call all right that's fine how much time i mean i've been going for an hour already oh my god why didn't someone warn me and i couldn't get much higher if i tried i've been going for an hour did i start at 10 no that's a lie okay all right yeah huh. i'm gonna get through all of these all right okay so there we are um so they journey into the ancient Blackwood Forest. Do you know what I'm going to say? Because I kind of felt like we were going into a forest already to get to the Awakened Tree. Okay. So, so there is a little flag. And bearing in mind, I'm raising these flags as I see them. And discover the path magically hidden through the help of Elven Lord Amluglu. Um, when I used to mark exam papers and when I used to be a lecturer, I would write WTF on my students' work. Um, and then just claim that I had bad, bad, bad handwriting. Um, and, um, where did the Elven Lord come from and why is he helping them? Yes. So, so those are two questions that I want to know. Is it because he wants to get rid of the cult? Well, the beholders, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. So this is where we talk about a logical flow. So perhaps if we wanted to fix that, it's easy enough to run back here, okay, to run back here and to simply add in an elf arrives and says, I have been tracking Umbra since he left from the uh, forest of the ancient black wood. I am sorry I was not here in time to save you from this beast, but I see you are capable warriors. On behalf of my king, I thank you for defeating this evil creature. So now we have planted the Elven Lord. So even though here might be a logical misstep, there's no problem in going back and adding it in. So now it's no longer a logical misstep. They arrive at the ancient Black Wood because that's kind of where they were sent, we assume, by the cultists. And so there we go. Uh, where's the flow, Edward Horseman? Where's the flow? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Definitely not. What the... F <clears throat> so, anyway, where's the flow? It's so much better. That's that. Yeah, that's what I meant, definitely. All right, so they go on this journey through this path because the Elven Lord is helping them. This could be a lovely sequence where he entertains them in his giant Elvish hall. Cue Lord of the Rings. Cue the Hobbit. And brilliant. Off we go. There we go. Lovely. Alternatively, um, the forest thing I'm worried about because we kind of, that, I mean, we, we kind of used forest before. It could be a plane. It, let's see where we go. The players encounter the Taipan, a three-headed snake who is guarding the ancient road. I thought the Elven Lord was helping them on that path. 
Apparently not. Um, okay, let's see where we're going. Let's see where we're going. The players engage with the Titan Goddess Consciousness and open the secret entrance to the prison during the planetary alignment. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe that wasn't Poseidon. Maybe that was a typo. Who are controlling, controlling the ancient sun prison. Prison. That now makes sense. Okay, so hang on a moment. The beholders who are controlling the ancient sun prison. Right, where is the ancient sun prison? Okay, all right. So now we have to find that sun prison. Again, I need to know why the PCs would care. So let's 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 look at that. All right. Um, the players engage with the Titan goddess consciousness and open the secret entrance to the prison during the planetary alignment. Where did that come from? The players meet the beholders and enter into combat to remove the beholders' hold on the prison. But they've already opened the prison. The beholders are keeping the Titan goddess captive and drawing on her magic. But then what did they need the cultists for? Alright, I could just be very, very dim. That's entirely possible. It's very late here and it has been a long, a long day. But this is where we start looking for logic uh, mismatches and going, ha, okay. So firstly, how does this all, all come together? Um, the players engage with the goddess. Let's say that she is, shoo, this happens after the combat happens. The planetary alignment is a jump out. I mean, that, that to me is... is, is um, Seems it seems new information. So we could build that in with the Elven Lord, perhaps. Perhaps another option would be to build the Sun Prison and name that the Crimson Crow Inn. Could be called the Sun's Cage or the Sun's Embrace or something along those lines. Um, so we've got to look at that. So the fighting of the Beholders around the Sun Prison. I think that they've been drawing magic, right, from the cultists and from the goddess and from everywhere. I think there should be lots of light in the sun prison. So maybe it's crystals that are, are basically fat with magic and they explode, releasing bursts of light. That could be a really fun cross encounter. So overall, I wouldn't say that this is a terrible adventure at all. It does need some linking, and I think this is the big is the big challenge here. These three blocks we need to get some clarity on. We need to to rework this. I feel like this three headed snake is it's fun, it's fun, but it doesn't feel like it flows from here. Why would it attack the the players? There's no stakes for the snake to attack the players. It has nothing to do with the beholders. If it was another shadow snake, maybe or something along those lines. So yeah. I think that I think that's what we got to look at. All right. Overall, I loved the awakened tree, and I think you know when you're looking at your adventure. Remember, we're looking for something that makes it cool. Um, I think this is really, really cool. I think this is this for me is something that jumps out. It's like yes, I love it. The combat stops when the creature realizes attacking the wrong people. I think that's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Okay. So that is that one. I am going to now go over and look at some questions that have been... Oh, boy. Um, 
there are a lot of questions. <laughs> um, is there a way to discourage? Oh no, wait, hang on a moment. I've, oh, they've, they've what, a, what a wonderful support team! They put ticks next to the questions I've answered. Um, Welton Lima says, "I'm in the middle of an adventure, and I want to." apply this method how do i start organizing all right well look if you are in the middle of an adventure already and you you haven't kind of figured out the end i mean that definitely happens i know i will launch adventures going well the the rogue has a strange tattoo on his shin it's the tattoo of three bears and the players are like oh my god Okay, so three bears, the rogue, we have to track it down. Where can we find... We go to a tattoo artist. Who's a tattoo artist in town? And then you... you, you It's like, I didn't plan that adventure. It's an emergent adventure. It's absolutely fine. What you do is look at what you've got. And I spoke yesterday about your limits and your restrictions. So where you are in your current adventure, that's a brilliant space because it gives you all of your limits and restrictions. What have you been talking about? What have you been seeding? What have the players been saying in terms of, oh, God, I hope it's not of this or I hope it's not of that. So now you can take that and go, right, these are my limits. These are my restrictions in terms of I can't suddenly go over there i can't go over there i've already done this this and that so i've now got to get and step in a different direction which i think is very very important so the last thing that i wanted to point out about this this particular adventure let me just go back to it quickly the last thing i want to talk about is when we then look at this adventure is this a a thwarting a delivering a collecting or a discovering and I think on on the surface, it really looks to me like it is a thwarting. We are thwarting the beholders. What doesn't sit well with me is why are the trees dying? Because the cultists were using slaves and the beholders are using the goddess. So where is the is it the goddess the Titan goddess? Is she the Titan goddess of trees? So that would be the last thing that needs to be linked into this. Is is the trees were the MacGuffin? That was the thing that was introduced as being the ha uh, ha. We now need to know what 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 what's happening there. Okay. All right. The next one is now that I have done that one, I will just quickly jump over and go back to the roll, and it is forward slash r one d sixty five. And it takes a few moments. Number 61. Just so you can see that I'm not cheating. Not that I think you would care. Oh, why is it opening up there? I've closed you there, you silly sausage. <clears throat> this is completely anonymous. It was not written by the Thirsty Bard. Although it says it was written by the Thirsty Bard. It wasn't. Or maybe it was. Or maybe I... I uh, look, a cow. All right, so I, 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 like I said, I didn't check these. So they. Okay. Straight off the bat, let's go and have a look and see. Oh, oh, shame. No, no, I'm completely joking. I think it's one of the various drugs that I've taken. It's not shame whatsoever. This is just going to help your life be a lot easier if you throw in some random names. I also understand there wasn't a huge amount of time to fill these things in, right? So, and um, and I do do hope you are taking this in the very 
best spirit as it is meant to be. I am simply, simply... Uh, oh, it's white ink, he says. Okay, I like that. Yeah, and I can't highlight the t the text much. Um, white ink, I like that. You see, that's a GM thinking on his feet. I do like that. Okay, the PC should come away with various potions or poisons that inflict status debuffs on enemies. Uh, boots of spider walking and invisibility cloak. All right, cool. So we've got some, some pretty straightforward stuff. Again, thieves, shadows. I do admit the um, rewards for the previous venture were actually pretty spot on. There was lots of nature stuff going on there. So I do like that. Um, to be fair, I don't remember you emphasizing the NPC lists in your lecture yesterday. Uh, no, I didn't emphasize the NPC lists at all. Um, at all. So don't fill them in. If you didn't fill them in, absolutely fine. I'm just letting you know what they're there for and why it's beneficial to fill them in. Okay, so, uh, Hidden Shadows. It's already a very interesting title. Arrival. Oh, I read. I This is one of the ones that I glanced at. I, I literally glanced at it and I thought there was something absolutely awful. No, 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 different one. Yes, this was one of the ones... Okay, we'll get into it. A rival party has sent an assassin to spy on the PCs. He approaches the PCs at an inn, claiming to want to switch sides for a price. There may be a problem. If your PCs are good aligned, and he says, I am a spy, call me Leclerc... Um, I want to switch sides and join your party. Uh, they they might take him in. They might not. So let's see what happens. That okay? Failing at diplomacy. Oh oh, I see. Hire me, or I shall poison you. Failing at diplomacy, he sends an animatronic scorpion into their rooms at night to poison them. Hire <laughs> me, or die. Yeah. Well, there we go. Okay, um, so far, so good. What we... Oh, we've got an inn. Okay, yes, I only did a video on six ways to start your adventure, not including an inn, but there we go. We don't know where our players are going to start, so an inn is absolutely fine, I'm being facetious. Uh, okay, so the detailing that we have at the moment is very simple, it's very good. We know exactly what the plot is. We know what the plot is, the PCs don't, and that's that's very important at the moment. They do know that there is this assassin who tried to inveigle his way into their group. What was the problem here? What? <clears throat> what if the party goes, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, we like the French. That's why. Uh, and yes, that's where the accent came from. Allo, allo, Leclerc. It is I, Leclerc. Uh, anyway, so so um, if they don't, if they hire him, they're like, yeah, sure, sit down, yeah, sit down. What are your skills? Oh, you're an assassin. Holy crap. It's great to have an assassin. That's cool. All right, what is, what is, what is, um, what do assassins do, apart from assassinate, obviously? I mean, yeah. All right, so if that combat fails, the trigger, there won't be a combat. All right? And that is something that we have to anticipate for by, by simply saying, well, if he joins them, what is a very cunning and devious way for our assassin to make sure that the party thinks that he really has switched sides and really wants to work with them? The most immediate and obvious answer is that he has hired a bunch of thugs to come and break into the room that our PCs are sleeping in and try to abduct him back. 
That way the PCs will defend him and he will defend them from these thugs. And oh look, suddenly the PCs believe him. It's a very cheap trick and it works almost every time. So I would add that in um, simply to, to, to round it out. The PCs must gather clues to find the location of whether the adventuring party... Okay, all right. So yes, this was this was something that that that, that when I was reading, it, I was like, okay, here's a here's a challenge. The PCs must gather clues. Sure, absolutely fine, but we don't know what clues they need to gather. This would be an ideal place to say, right? They gather clues. Um, I wouldn't even know where to start at this moment in time. So why don't they just ask the assassin? Where is the adventuring party? He might say, oh, mon dieu, I do not know. They could be over there. They could be over there. You know, I left them under very bad circumstances and um, it is uh, awfully tragic. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm useless to you, actually, as a matter of fact, um, as a source of information. Okay, well, then we should go over there. We should go over there. We should go over there. If he's part of them. If he tried to kill them, he's no longer part of them. So then how do they know where to go? What clue are you going to give them? The animatronic scorpion was made by a certain gnomish clockwork maker, assuming this is fantasy. Um, that could be a lead. I would drop in there the clues. And you need five, right? So if you want to get them to a very specific place, you need five clues as to where to get there, okay? Remember, who, what, where, when, how, and why. So we must gather clues as to the location of the other party. Where is it? Who is the other party? Why are they trying to kill us? These are questions they're going to ask the assassin if he joins them. And if he doesn't join them, these are questions that we sh they should be able to answer by going through a process, by gathering these clues, right? So this is, this is really where we've got to get. I see chat is already sort of throwing out questions of what people would ask. Um, okay. Uh, network has cast me out, says which one? Which network has cast you out? Um, that would be my next question. Okay. I'm back. All right. Great. Um, I'm nervous because Dungeon Fog's YouTube channel dropped. Um, oh, you jumped channels. All right, that's fine. Okay. So this is a part that we need to work on a little bit. Henchmen of the rival party are sent after the PCs, rigging up crude and obvious traps along the way. But why are they obvious? Why aren't they just traps? That was a word that stuck out to me. Um, perhaps, um, well, let's see. Let's see where we go, because we're now getting to the plot twist, and it is, a, it is quite a nice twist. The rival party did not hire the assassin. He was just using the PCs to weaken his real target, which were the rivals. This is a great plot twist. It completely falls apart if the PCs tell him to sod off and they don't want him to be anywhere near them during this session. Maybe the PCs go after the rivals, maybe they don't, but if they don't ever find out information about who he is and what he does, which he may give them as an exposition, it's going to be a very weak reveal. Ha ha, I tricked you all. Well, you attacked us. You, you told us these guys, you know, so... If he's been with them and, and, and he has done his little trick of the henchman attacking him, it'll work a lot better. So we have to be careful about making sure that the setup has a good payoff. Right. Um, 
All right, fine. So he was using them. This is a showdown type of thing. The problem is... Oh, yes. Okay, so the rival party gets put to sleep with poison, and the PCs must defeat the assassin to save their rivals. Well, they're going to defeat the assassin. Let's not assume that they're going to save the rivals, right? He uses a variety of status-inducing effects, while his underlings keep the PCs away from him so he can harass from afar. All right, that's absolutely fine. It's a great combat. This does feel a little bit like it's all in one scene. So this social the assassin, the, part, the rival party did not hire the assassin. To me, I kind of feel like this should be where both the party, well, the party get trapped. These traps that the henchmen were building, if they're obvious, that's fine. Make them obvious, except that the entire thing is a trap. And so by defeating the little traps, they've actually let the big trap be sprung. That would be ingenious. The party then discover that they're with this other party who they identify. Hang on, weren't you trying to kill us? No, we weren't trying to kill you. We had an assassin trying to kill us all the damn time. Wait, you also had an assassin? You know, that could be a great interplay, but we need it to be set up properly. Um, the Thieves Guild is upset at the Assassin Guild and has heard of the PCs and Christian audience. What? So they kill the assassin. He uses a variety of status-inducing effects while his underlings keep the PCs away from him so he can harass from afar. They kill him, we assume. The Thieves Guild then sends a message to the PCs to request an audience with them. The Thieves Guild has set up an obstacle course to test the PCs. Traps and fights only trigger if the PCs are eliminated by hooded lanterns being moved around. By them. Okay, that's fine. That's the test. It's good to explain to yourself how that test is going to work exactly. The PCs must now infiltrate the hidden shadows, the assassins, assumedly, sneak in, pretend to join, act as a merchant of poisons wanting to restock. Okay. So, this, unfortunately, is a separate adventure. It doesn't... It It is a carry-on. It is not an extension of... Because at this point, the PCs could turn around and say, well, we only had beef with the assassin whom we killed. We're done. Right? So this is the start of another... This is the start of another adventure. And then this becomes the other adventure. Right? So if the, if the villain survives, if the assassin survives at this point, that could, could work. Could kind of work. Right? That he then runs off. I don't know, this this middle part, the, the Thieves Guild then hiring the PCs. Yeah, they heard of the PCs, absolutely fine. And they request an audience. This is where the PCs could walk away. So we need to make sure that that link works really well. Okay, my time is absolutely flying. So I really want to get through some more of this stuff. Is this kind of what you guys were hoping for? I see. I, I, was there an example of one of these forms fil fully filled out by Guy? I was here yesterday, I just can't remember. Yeah, I did the, the Fang and Flask which uh, was 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 here. Um, so so there we are. All right. This is nice and useful. Okay, good. Because you guys put a lot of pressure on me. It's like, well, if the great GM does well, then we'll call day two better than day one. It's like, oh my God. All right. No pressure. Okay. In general, though, I think there's two very good start points. I love, 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 love the assassin reversing. So the question becomes, is this adventure a thwarting, a collecting, a delivering, or a discovering? I think that this is a discovering adventure where we are actually discovering that there is this great thing. What main question is not being answered here? 
What main question from part one? And this is the problem that I have. This is why I'm calling it two separate adventures. There is a big, big, big disconnect between this part and this part. And what is what is the disconnect? And it has something to do with the word why. Okay. Why was the assassin pitting the two parties again? Well, why was he hired to kill the rival party? They're not, as far as we know, part of the Thieves' Guild. But the Thieves' Guild and the Assassin's Guild, are they, 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 they want to get rid of them. Um, so, so that's a big disconnect for me, is we don't see a link, a logical flow. Yes, okay, so hang on, let me rephrase. There is a logical flow. The Thieves' Guild is upset and they've heard of the PC success, so they hire them. But there isn't a link Okay, there isn't a link between what, why was this as I'm trying to kill the rival party? I needed to know that. Okay, all right. Okay, um, right. I'm just looking at all the questions that are coming through. There are days worth of questions here. Um, what to do if players, hang on, what to do if players broke so much of my expectations as a GM that I have no idea how to continue following adventures? Broke so much. What to do if players broke so much my expectations as a GM that I have no idea how to continue following adventures? Well, firstly, I would definitely, definitely, definitely look at what adventures have you been doing so far? Remember, there's four main types of adventures as far as I am concerned. Thwarting, collecting, delivering, and discovering. So if they've been doing a lot of thwarting, change it up by doing a discovery. And quite literally, I mean, this adventure here, this 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 one here, I mean, it's a good adventure. And certainly, by no means, folks, most of the ones that were submitted that I saw, they could all run very well. They just needed a little tweak here and there, which you would get if you could read the whole thing and then kind of go back. So if they have been, if they kind of go, oh, you set up the assassin, he's trying to join us. No, he works for the other team. He's actually setting us up to kill the other party. So if they're anticipating your plot points, it's it's not a problem. You have a combat happen where suddenly he's being attacked and you go, wait, what? And he's genuinely being attacked. Who's he being attacked by? If you've done this plan, you know that already. He's being attacked by the Thieves' Guild. They've told us, or will tell the PCs later, that they're lashing out against the Assassin's Guild. So mix it up. You're going, okay, well, that was my plan, but the PCs have seen through that. So now I'm going to have a Thieves' Guild attack the Assassin and the party because they think the party are part of the Assassin's group. And what am I going to do? How am I going to take it from there? Well, the combat's going to happen. The PCs are going to get embroiled. Maybe they get dragged before the Thieves' Guild. And now the Thieves' Guild will say, well, we thought you were assassins. So prove that you're not. Um, and then they can go on the test. And now they have to come back and infiltrate the shadows. And so you've solved your problem. Yes, you're not sticking to the five points. This is, and this is the fundamental of all of the education that I try and give out, all of the tips and tricks, is that you've got this plan so that you can break it and muddle it up and do stuff with it because your players are going to do that anyway. But now you have the flexibility to say, okay, well, I need to do a little twist earlier on than I thought because they they saw what was coming. 
So by having your plan, you can then just drop it around. And by putting in the names, the locations, all of those kind of things, you have that ability to do that. All right. Um, while filling out well, <clears throat> while filling out the five steps, I noticed how I answered most of the questions in the step journey to the new plot. Is that too late in the adventure? What? While filling out the five steps, I noticed how I answered most of the questions in the step journey to the new plot. Is that too late in the adventure? Well, look, okay, I see what you mean. So so the in the, the journey to new plot. Right. So if you're answering most of the questions in journey to new plot, then yes, your your characters, your players are not gonna go, Wow, that was a surprise twist. Okay. Because they don't know what's been twisted. So you need to establish, and that's why it's called Arrive at Plot, you need to get it in there as fast as you can. Like this one here, the assassin saying, I want to work with you. Instantaneously, there's the plot. Them discovering locations about the rival party, all of that is information that they need to know. So that when they then discover... The twist, although in this case it doesn't work because there isn't that immediate link that I can see anyway, when they then discover, oh, well, everything that we thought, the rival party trying to hire their assassin to kill us, that was what we thought was the plot. Now we've discovered actually the assassin was trying to kill them. We don't know why. Um, the GM hasn't indicated why in this particular indication, in this instance. Um, okay, now we need a twist. We need some more information, Okay. So that's when this would come in. So, yes, you need... The plot must start there. But in terms of giving out extra information, extra information, extra information, never retroactively go, well, actually, the assassin was trying to lure you into killing the other party. The players will go, and? We didn't do that. We killed him when he first walked up to the table. So bear that in mind. All right. Um, Ven Vindist says, uh, how do I keep all the players engaged in non-combat situations? Um, especially in an online session. Yeah, absolutely. So look, online is very, very difficult. It is the new, it is the new tabletop RPG space, really. Um, I don't know how long this, this whole thing is going to last for, but uh, definitely it's changed, it's changed the face of role playing, I think. Uh, for a long time i'm looking forward to getting back around the table but at the same time it's like well it's also we're kind of getting used to online stuff um so um thanks laura um and it actually isn't 40 minutes because i've got the actual script but yes you're right it's about 40 minutes um so when it comes to the social stuff it can be tricky especially if you've got players who are a lot more interactive with npcs than the non-players what I try what I try to do is to get the social characters deeply involved in the conversation where they're getting all kinds of information and I'm seeding a whole bunch of other adventures whilst they're talking to those. But then those that are not involved, generally speaking, I will have them observe something strange. I will throw little tidbits out that they could potentially go and investigate, which by coincidence are linked through to the entire thing. So in this very first example, 
where we've decided that the assassin has going to have hired some thugs to attack him and the party that night so that he can protect the party to entrench him in their little group. An observant character who's not a talker and is sitting gruffly at the bar waiting for combat to happen. You could say, well, you notice that there are five men who are watching all of you very suspiciously. One of them looks at the clock and says, all right, Miss Lyra, it's nearly time for us to go, so we should go. And then the other one's saying, but I thought we were supposed to, aren't we doing it here? And then the other one says, yes, all right, fine, and off they go. So, um... I try and do that. I really do try and I, I really do try and do that. Okay, where are we at now? Should we do one more? Should we do one more? Um, can you provide options on what to do as an alternative to combat fighting to the death? For example, surrender. Right. So muted. What? How am I muted? That's impossible. Nothing's changed. I think, Vivette, you are muted. I dare, dare, dearly hope so. All right. So before we go into the next one, what what to do as an alternative to death, right? So surrender. Run away. Pretend to be dead and beg for mercy. Just beg for mercy. Cry for help and then beg for mercy. There are a few options, and not a lot of options, but there are a few options, right? Plot twist. Guy has been muted for the last hour without touching anything. That would not be a plot twist. That would be a... I, I would just give up, actually. I would just give up at that point. Just, just absolutely give up. We often think that the characters have to fight to the death. I did a video a couple of weeks ago on um, the stakes and 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 creatures giving up because they don't usually fight to the death. They don't usually fight to the death, or they shouldn't anyway. All right, so um, <laughs> I see there's some requests that I go through all of these on my live streams moving forward. We'll see. I'm going to keep them, and and maybe I'll I'll do them as an optional extra when we get to the end of of a stream, because those streams are only an hour long. I mean, we kind of dive through those. Right. I'm going to do another roll. One d sixty five, excluding number forty one and sixty one, and we get number thirty five. Number thirty five. Now, because we're getting to the end, if you haven't seen it yet, we did some merch, by the way. So here is a plug. Or some merch that we did. I survived Circle of Wilbur's Masterclass. I will throw the link into chat. If you feel like some merch to say that you were part of this event, there it is for you. All right, so number 35, we said. Here we go. And number 35. Of course, it's opened up on the wrong side. It's got an interesting name already. Two sides of a coin. Two sides of a coin. Well, it's a start. The important thing with this form is that these random NPC names are not actually the names of the characters that appear in this section. If you've sp- if you have put specifically names in here, you don't repeat them here. These are just names that when the player says, I speak to so-and-so, what's his name? You can look here and then tick off a name. All right. 
rewards. When the child survives, they have him as a protégé. The child can switch forms at will and can control his temper more or less well. That's something the child needs to improve. This will spread amongst the werewolves, which will make the PCs werewolf friends. This already sounds interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, what did you see to anything during this adventure? If you've already run it, that's where you would put this information in. If you have not yet run it, this should be blank. Um, if these are questions that you are asking of yourself, we might need to answer those. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Um, two sides of a coin. Okay, and a child protege in werewolves. This is very interesting. The PCs come across some dead and half-dead humans. Are they Schrodinger humans? They come across dead and half-dead humans. They look kind of butchered. One person whispers to them, Werewolves. And they stole a child. Okay, that's brilliant. Some of the humans turn into werewolves and attack the PCs in a frenzy. Great opening act. What a wonderful, wonderful way to make it personal. That moment, can you imagine? The PCs are looking around, or oh, I'm making medicine checks, I'm making this check, I'm making that check, and the next minute, you say, oh, oh, one of them is vaguely calling you over. Vaguely calling you, calling you, calling you over. Um, and uh, you, 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 you listen, you listen to him, and he says, it's werewolves. And and you go, oh, oh, okay, okay. And then he says, they stole a child. And you go, oh, oh, all right, can I use healing magic? And you go, no, healing doesn't seem to solve the wounds. It seems it's almost like a lycanthropic effect has taken a place. And then the next minute, one of the other ones raises a hand, but it's not a hand, it's this great big claw, and it leaps at your face. I mean, that's a brilliant opening. It's not an in, it's great, it's lovely, off we go. Plot introduced straight away. You see how? Mm, do you see how simple it is to 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 start off in a dramatic moment? And I know I am a bit of a dramatic person. I know some people have said you're a little bit dramatic from time to time, uh, mainly when you're awake, um, because I sleep very boringly. I've been taught. I don't know. Anyway, I'm asleep at the time. Right. Journey to plot the PCs tracing the footprints of the werewolves. That's super clear. They find them in a hideout, in a camp. Okay, good. They see a child. Aha, they stole the child. There is the child amongst them. The PCs either battle to death the werewolves, or they can try to talk to them. They're going to try to kill them. The PCs attack them in Act 1. They're going to try to kill them. During the battle or the talk, a third party appears. They start fighting the werewolves. The child hides during the battle. Okay, so now we are looking for the twist, which is brilliant. The name of the adventure is Two Sides of a Coin. After the battle, all the werewolves are dead. Okay, that's a given, or they run away. The other party wants to take the child with them. Now, we don't know who the other party is. We assume it's another adventuring party, right? Um, the child turns out to be a natural-born werewolf. Well, then he wouldn't be called a werewolf. I'm being painful, uh, is a natural-born uh, where, which is something that is impossible. Yes, I love those moments. This is impossible, but it's happened. No, it's impossible, but it's actually happened. It's really happening. It's there. It's right there. But it's impossible. All right, you know, go and look at the kangaroo and the bumblebee. 
the PCs should understand that the werewolves are not the bad guys. How and why? So far, all that's happened is the werewolves have attacked, attacked, and attacked. They ripped to shred that cart of people. We need something. We need something, okay? We really need something. We need some information here. And I think this is a big... And I, what a wonderful opening. Now, how do we know that the werewolves are not bad? Was this initial caravan of people... Were they... Were they uh stealing the child from the werewolves and all right so let's see where we're going let's see where we're going so that's the first big disconnect right um when the men tried to grab the child or somewhere during the talk between the men and the pcs the men being the party i assume the child accuses the men of butchering his or her friends and turns into a werewolf himself and attacks the men the child is dead the PCs, and yeah, unless, I mean, we obviously there's that, that social thing of um, the werewolves are not bad guys. That sentence needs to be reworked so that we discover that. Maybe the camp, we learn that the people on the road were actually a secret order of werewolf hunters and that um, they often make it look like werewolves have attacked their friends when an actual fact but you can't explain away the fact that one of the werewolves attacked them in the opening disconnect all right so there again we're looking for that logical flow it, it's just a disconnect okay um okay so we're losing twitch streams by the looks of things um not much of this has already been implemented in the plot template check out the tabs at the top of the template to see all of the possibilities oh i assume ryan leclerc has the, the what check out the top of the template to see all the possibilities i'm looking at the top of the template anyway it doesn't matter i mean this is just an example this is just a, a, a an example that we're going through as if it was written this way all right so don't take it personally everybody i am i'm 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 not laying into these things are they bad all right i'm laying into these things to show where we can improve um and if there are additional notes that's absolutely fine the bottom line is um this is meant to be shorthand. It's meant to be a blueprint, okay? Um, where was I now? Where was I now? The PC show, okay, blah, blah, blah. The men try to take them. Okay, the PC tracks down where the men are coming from. They live in a Mott and Bailey castle near a cliff. I like the cliff and a Mott and Bailey near the cliff. Cliff is automatically adding in some kind of drama, which is really cool. Um, again, once we've solved this it will be a lot a lot clearer. The pieces arrive at the castle and fight against the rest of the men and the summoner. The summoner is working on summoning something, yelling something like, I need that damn child while working on the formula. He is hurrying up when the battle starts. Okay. The summoner's spell was not working as intended. The child as a component is missing. The only thing uh, coming through that portal is a huge two-headed gigantic demon. At night, in a heavy thunderstorm, the pieces are fighting a demonic two-headed giant on top of a cliff. All right. Okay. Okay. So, we can see the journey. The challenge here, right, is the... The... No, that happened at the right point. The child turns out to be a werewolf. Okay. I feel like we need that plot that there is a, a sacrifice happening 
to come in here. And it could be in this exposition. The PC should understand that the werewolves are not the bad guys. The child could say, oh, I've been, I've been, um, they're trying to turn me into a demon or something. It could be along those lines. The men trying to grab the child. The men could have a tattoo, which the PCs recognize as a symbol of a demon. So we start to build up those connections. I think that could really, really work um, quite well. Again, like I said, what appears to be problems are not actual problems. So when you're writing out your adventures, when you're looking at it, you're going, oh, this is not cool, this is not fun. You can make it cool. You can make it fun, right? And how do we make this fight with the two-headed giant on top of a cliff more terrifying? The cliff is collapsing because there's a giant on top of it and it's not designed to maintain this this giant, right? So the cliff is collapsing. They're fighting that. I would love to see the child involved in this battle, perhaps against the summoner himself. Um, we can certainly do that. We can certainly do that. But the child is missing. He's not there. Where is? Where did, what happened to the child? Did the PCs leave the child? All right. So, so I mean... All right, look, this is also, these are notes for yourself, right? And often you don't write notes for other people to read. Heavens knows that my notes, generally speaking, are not like that at all. They are in my head and they're just meant to act as triggers to remind me this is what's supposed to come up next, this is what's supposed to come up next. So, but on the face of it, I, I just need a little bit, the twist is good, the introduction was exciting. This is where it's going to get confusing. And if it's confusing for, for someone reading it, your players, I think, are going to get confused as well because they're going, well, should we should we protect the werewolves? Should we attack the werewolves? Should we fight the werewolves? I'm not... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So we need to work on that. And it is about you being objective and sitting back and going, okay, I can see here that there isn't a direct link. Now, we often will suffer from the fact that we've created this. So we know all the details. So it's difficult to go, well, how do I how do I know what's missing because it's all in my head, right? Again, let's go back to those five questions. So it says here the PCs should understand the werewolves are not the bad guys. Why? How do the PCs know this? What evidence is presented to do that? So you can take each sentence and just apply those questions. And if you can't answer them, it's missing information. Um, it really is missing information. Uh, they start fighting the werewolves. Okay. Who are fighting the werewolves? It's the third party and it's the werewolves fighting. Why are they fighting the werewolves? They're werewolves. Traditionally, they're evil. Where is it taking place? How are they fighting them? With swords, with fire, with silver weapons, all that kind of stuff. We can do the child height. So you can take each sentence, apply the who, what, where, why, how, and um, you'll find sometimes there are errors. Okay. All right. Um, do we have time for another one? Let me just check the script. Uh, guide to finish. Oh, good heavens, where are we? Guide to finish at 30.23.50. So I've got 13 minutes. 13 minutes. All right, let's do one more. Let's do one more. So, the last review to be conducted in this particular masterclass, forward slash roll, 1D65, will be 
we've already had that one. Uh, forward slash uh, Should have just copied that. Number 20. Number 20. All right. Number 20. And that is called Darius Dunza. Or it is Darius Dunza who has fulfilled the document. Darius Dunza. Or Danzi. I, I don't know. All right, we got we've got some books. Okay, this is not bad, but remember, this is supposed to remind you of of key information. Okay, it's good, it's good. And then the final combat is very straightforward. Oh, I think we don't have a fantasy one. What a lovely thing! So some random names: Heck Thompson, Wyatt Nemeth, William Billy Kidman, and Annie Larchley. I love it. I think it's brilliant. You're going to hate my accent, but that's what I do when I go into the Wild West, right? So, Johnny Five Jaws, a lucky deck of cards, and a sizable commission on returning legal rights to the mining camp of Bodie to the crown. Wow. Okay. That's some cool, cool stuff. I'm seeing Western. I'm seeing gunslinging. I am seeing Eagle Station. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Brilliant. Um... Right, so here we go. There was a, a share there. Thank you for that share. Uh, I see the Twitch is back on, on, on there as well. All right. Eagle Station is abuzz with the news that the well-liked ghoul merchant, Johnny Five Jaws, has been murdered. He won a large poker pot the night before he died, and the locals are blaming those he beat that night. There's the plot straight up. Why and how are the PCs involved? Let's see what happens. Two of the poker players are in town. One in jail, a man named Phil Garvey. The other, one of Her Majesty's Marshals, a dwarf named Gunnar. He is drinking at the local tavern, the guzzling ghoul, when a lynch mob comes for him. Ooh, who do they help? All right. So the players are in the guzzling ghoul. A ghoul merchant... Now, we don't know what this is. I mean, it's... Uh, he trades in ghouls. Um, he is a ghoul. Sounds like he could be actually a ghoul. Anyway, I mean, this is a great setting. We don't know what it is. This is not the World Anvil section. I don't have to worry about whether the world makes sense or not. He gets shot. He gets murdered. It's all a buzz. I can see the prostitutes who are trying to convince the players to have a wonderful night with them. Um, mentioning how horrid it was that Johnny Five Jaws got taken out. He was a regular customer, even if he was a little... Oh, God, I saw where that joke was going, and I had to stop myself. Um, anyway, so we are... We, we've got the setup. There's a bar brawl going on. Who do they help? Why would they help either side? I would. I would want to see a little something in there that Gunner welcomes the party or that the poker pl uh, that Phil Garvey includes the party to play at his table. A little bit of leading will help there. All right. Following the leads learned from the two poker players. Okay. The party learns that another player, Gold Rush Gareth Wiseman, headed towards Tahoe, Victoria. Rumor has it his family has a compound near the lake where they get up to no good. Oh, my goodness. Okay. 
But uh, there's a disconnect, right? I mean, I don't yet see where the players are involved. If there was a single sentence that said Johnny Five Jaws' mistress, his wife, his mother, his daughter, his child, his son, begs the players, please, you got to find who killed Johnny Five Fingers. I need to have closure. Closure. I need closure. So please go find out who killed Johnny Five Fingers. It was either Gunnar or it was Phil Garvey. One of the two of them were in the game with him. Now we have a discovery, okay? Now we are on that journey. So that is something to bear in mind. Simple sentence, suddenly the players are invested because at the moment I don't see why the players would be invested in this. When the compound is in sight, shrill noises emanate from outside followed by screams. Euteraptors are attacking them and now the party. If you wrote this for me, I think that's brilliant. If you wrote it for Janet, that would be even better. Um, she is a huge fan of Velociraptors and Euteraptors. Euteraptors, of course, are the ugly duckling of the raptor family. And yet they're the ones that are closest to the ones that appeared in Jurassic Park. Um, although, of course, they were supposed to be covered in feathers. Right, so... Euteraptors, super cool. Yes, um, they've 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 learned that there's a compound. That's absolutely fine. Um, so they're journeying towards that space again. Why are they Why are they entrenched? That's what we what we need. I see chat saying I prefer Colorado raptors or South Dakota raptors. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, some I, they do run out of names sometimes, right? Uh, so we have a Euteraptor battle. That's super cool. Everyone in the compound is dead except Gareth, who doesn't have much time left. With his last breath, he keeps asking for a doctor, saying, Doc, Doc, while pointing towards a painting on the wall of three men on a cliff looking down at a mining camp. Right. So the players then obviously are going to either go to the painting or look at the mining camp and go, oh, it's at the mining camp. Where the hell's the mining camp? We don't know. All right, so behind the painting is a safe with a combination lock. On the back of the canvas is written J.M. Harris, J. McCoy, and G. Wiseman. Okay, the plot thickens. The year of the big find. Ah. Okay. Now, did you see my immediate reaction going, ah, the big find? This wasn't about the poker game. This was about something much bigger than that. Wonderful plot twist. This is a classic adventure, folks classic discovery adventure we're learning about something bigger we're not trying to stop anyone we're not trying to overcome something we're not collecting we're not delivering we are discovering and this is working beautifully except for the initial buy-in right brilliant uh the journey mentions johnny obviously we know he's connected he was killed wasn't he um so there we are right the party then heads to topaz lake to see if the shaman can fill them in on Johnny's life before he became a ghoul. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. He'll gladly tell them all about his ex-business partner, James Harris, being doctors, if they can reach him. Why? Because the path to the shaman is treacherous, filled with tiny spirits called X, X whatever that is, um, that cause pain. Um, hex totems and those that hinder and the ever-present threat of the West quicksand. Lovely. Okay. Very, very cool. Very, very nice. Can I play this adventure, please? It says Emperor Charles II. Absolutely. I think that's really, really, really good. Um, the Doc Gold Rush called, called for wasn't to save him, but who was killed him and Johnny. Yes, the Doc. The Doc. 
the infamous ghoul slinger. Doc Harris has been a business partner with them and was cut out of his primary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we get to the point where like, yes, absolutely, it makes sense. It's perfect because we want to kill Doc Harris, right? And then get whatever the big find was, which I didn't think was actually listed here. It was the the legal rights to the mining camp of Buddy, right? So yeah, very, very well executed. And once we got going, it just flowed logically, didn't it? And I don't know if it was just me, but as I was reading it out, it's like, yes, there's the step. There's the next step. Yes, there's the next step. Yes, there's the next step. Okay, so that worked really, 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 really well, I think. Um, in terms of linking all that together, I think that really, 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 really flowed quite nicely. It was very, very straightforward. We've got user raptors. Um, we've got the, the hex path that they have to overcome. And then of course we've got the fight with Doc Harris. So yeah, I mean, when you are, you know, the moment we started reading about decks of cards and the wild west and that sort of thing, I, I would say this is spot on. And it's, it, it's, it's literally, this is the, is the, is the weak link, how to get the players invested. Otherwise I think it works really, really well. Does that, does that sort of help? Um, I, I, I would hope uh, to sort of give you an idea of when when you're reading this to just if you're going oh yeah oh yeah oh that makes sense oh yeah 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 absolutely um, Daniel Thorpe asks a very good question how is this not pure railroading though so what I <clears throat> what I get frustrated with and I'm not picking on you Daniel Thorpe but but um what I get frustrated with is people saying, oh, well, this is just railroading. It is not railroading, in my opinion. Railroading, in my opinion, is where the players have no choice in the matter. It is where the players are told, you are now in a bar fight, you must fight everyone, and you must kill them, or you must escape. It is saying, okay, now you must find out where so-and-so is. No, you can't leave the town because you have to find out where so-and-so is. That, to me, is railroading. What this is, is this is an adventure. And if the players follow the clues on their journey, they will ultimately end up with killing Doc Harris. How they get there, how they engage with the user raptors, how they they handle getting to the shaman, if they even want to go to the shaman, how they follow these links, how they follow these triggers is entirely up to them. If they choose, now the shaman's too much effort, I don't want to go to Topaz Lake, it, it doesn't sound very good to me, I'd rather go somewhere else and do something else. They've effectively chosen to abandon the story and go off in a different direction. At which point you would be entitled as the GM then to have someone else link into the story later on, a couple adventures later, that they talk about Doc Harris and his sudden rise to glory and money. So the, the, the idea is if you do not have your adventures planned out in this sequence, right? You're free-forming it. You're sandboxing it. The players can go wherever they like. The players do not have to get involved at the beginning of this event. They really don't. They can choose, no, we're not going to, we don't care. We're on our own mission. We're going to go and rob a train. Okay, you go and rob a train. And for the train robbery, you would work out some links like this. Or at the very least, with a train robbery, the players are effectively going to be telling you all of these links because they've got to figure out where the train's going to be. They've got to figure out what's on that train. When is the best place? So you then start to build an adventure based off of what they're going to be doing to prepare for this train attack. So 
I think that is the big difference, is that railroading is where you do not give your players choice. At no point do the players have to do something in the sequence. If they don't do something in the sequence, the rest of the sequence doesn't happen. It's as easy as that. So that would be my my take on it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and that is the exact definition of railroading, in which case then I'm a railroad GM because I like my players to have a complete story that when they play from point A to point Z and they follow logical explanations and they kind of figure stuff out, they get there and they know that they have got a good a good story. Anyway, um, so yes, sandboxing is where you have 10,000 of these things planned. Great. Or you don't have 10,000 of these things planned and you just kind of ride on it in your own direction. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's insanity to, to, to work that way. But I mean, that's a whole different kettle of fish. We're going to have a whole bunch of, of people talking about 10,000 different things. There are so many questions coming through, guys. I cannot get through to all of them. Um, so there we are. Uh, we are now on time or slightly, we've got a few minutes left. Um, and, uh, let's see. So there are some questions directed at, um, Darius Dans, who's in the chat. Okay. I want to make it absolutely clear, absolutely clear that yes, this story worked very well. The other stories that we went through, I spent lots of time on them trying to fix things it doesn't mean that there were bad stories or bad GMs in the slightest. It literally means they were very good for using on a stream to talk about what we can and should fix and how we should look at these things to fix them. So from that perspective, the other ones were a lot better than than this one because this one, I, there was only one thing that we needed to fix. Anyway, having said that, they all sound like great adventures. They really, really do. And I do think that any one of these would be a lot of fun to play with just a little bit more tweaking. We only have six minutes left. Not even that. Uh, no, I'm over time. Okay, I am going to go. I'm over time by two minutes. Um, um, I see very subtly they put in chat a little alarm clock. Uh, so no, no, we're done. That's it, folks. Um, I'm going to set up very, very, very quickly uh, something for you all um, just to, to finish off this amazing 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 stream that we have been on and uh yes if you enjoyed it make some noise for the guys when they when they join in um and and let them know what you what you thought of today's events because i think i i, I think it's been brilliant and you guys particularly have been brilliant because you've stuck through exceptionally long presentations so i really do appreciate that so we will see you very very shortly <laughs>